Some people think that if we're going to share our faith effectively, that we need to kind of force our way into people's lives. That we need to talk to them whether they want to listen or not. That we need to make snap judgments about them, about what they're like or who they are, without spending time and getting to know them. Or we need to be brazen and harsh when we speak to people, attacking people for their struggles to believe, or their lifestyle choices. Or that we need to try and scare people into trusting in Jesus. But is that what we're really called to do as followers of Jesus? Is that how we're supposed to be involved in building God's kingdom? Just trying to shout the gospel to them? Hit them over the head with the words of God? Well, over the past few weeks, we've been talking about about Jesus' call on our lives to go and share this wonderful message of God's love and grace to the world. We've thought about what should motivate us to do this. It should be out of obedience. Because we love the Lord who commanded us to do this. Out of compassion. Because we love the people and we recognize their desperate need. And we should do this out of conviction because we believe that Jesus is the only way to get into a relationship with God. But how should we do this? How should we share this message of God's love and grace? Over the past few weeks, as we just talked about earlier in our service, we ran a whole road, whole range of different events. I gave away thousands of pieces of literature. And we want to be con- committed to continue to doing those kinds of things. Because we have seen God use them to speak in people's lives. But actually, our experience in our church here matches what researchers who have studied this kind of area have concluded over many years. That the major influence in bringing people to Jesus, to a relationship with Jesus, is not literature, or preachers, or outreach events, but it's actually Individual Christians who reach out to others and build genuine friendships and relationships to them and share the gospel with their friends. Evangelism really is about bringing people close so that we can introduce them to Jesus. So we're going to read from Luke chapter 5 this morning. We've spent a few weeks in Luke. This is the second last uh, that we're going to spend. Uh, we're going to finish it up next week in Luke, the, the, the last section of Luke chapter 5. But we're looking at Luke chapter 5, verse 27. Verse 27 down to verse 32 uh, this morning. After this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi sitting at his tax booth. Follow me, Jesus said to him. And Levi got up, left everything, and followed him. Then Levi held a great banquet for Jesus at his house. 
and a large crowd of tax collectors and others were eating with them. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who belonged to their sect complained to the disciples. Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus answered them, It's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Jesus often did things that surprised or even shocked. After witnessing the healing of the paralysed man who was lowered down through the roof, where Jesus was speaking that we looked at last week, Luke records that everybody was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, we have seen remarkable things today. People were amazed at what Jesus did by healing that man and forgiving his sins. But what we read this morning was no less amazing or remarkable. That's because Levi was probably the last person that Jesus was expected to choose as a disciple. Levi was sitting at his tax collector's booth. His tax booth. He was a tax collector. In most societies, that would mean that Levi was not the most popular person around. Okay? I don't know if we'll get any people who work for the revenue here. I don't think so. But that's okay. God loves you as well. Uh, But they're not the most popular. But Levi was in a completely different kind of category. Because Levi's role was not to collect tax for the provision of services or the betterment of his society like people do today. Instead, he collected tax For the Roman Empire that had invaded and occupied and oppressed his nation. So he was taking from his own people and giving it to their enemies. Levi was an enemy collaborator. Levi was a traitor to his own people. Most people also assumed that he was a thief. Tax collectors got rich. By cheating, by intimidation, by bribery, overtaxing the people, taking more than they were supposed to and pocketing the difference. And of course, they would get away with it because nobody could challenge them because behind them was the power of Rome. And Rome would protect their, their tax collectors because they wanted that income stream. But Levi was also tainted. Because he was seen as an outcast from respectable society. He was isolated from the religious community. He was contaminated in people's minds because of his regular contact with those Gentiles, those non-Jews. So so Levi was seen as a notorious sinner, despised and unclean. I don't know if you remember Jesus' parable about the two men who went up to the temple to pray, the, the, the Pharisee and the tax collector. And this is what the Pharisee said in his prayer. God, I thank you that I'm not like other men, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. The Pharisee was thinking of him as the, the tax collector, as the scum of the earth. Really, they couldn't get any lower 
than him. So nobody with any respect for God or for God's people would have been expected to associate with Levi. And yet Jesus chose him. Levi wasn't sitting at his tax tax booth searching for Jesus. He hadn't arrived looking to meet Jesus. He was just going about his dishonest business. He hadn't cleaned up his life. He hadn't sorted out his problems. But Jesus walked by and said, follow me. So why would Jesus choose him? Why would Jesus invite this tainted traitor and thief to a brand new life of following him, living with him, learning from him and serving him? Why would Jesus choose Levi to be one of his disciples? Well, the only reason I can come up with is because Jesus loved him and reached out to him in grace. Jesus loved him even although he wasn't lovable. This man wasn't worthy and yet Jesus valued him. He was not good and yet Jesus wanted a relationship with him. And if we're honest and we accept what the Bible says then we need to recognise that Jesus has done exactly the same in our lives. Romans chapter 5 verse 8 says this. God demonstrates his own love for us in this while we were still sinners. Christ died for us. Even though we had rebelled against God, even though we had fallen short of God's standards, even though we had done absolutely nothing to deserve anything from God apart from his condemnation, God still loved us. God still valued us. God still wanted a relationship with us so much that he sent his son to die in agony and shame on the cross. And if we trusted in Jesus, then God has chosen us and saved us by his unconditional love and grace. So Ephesians chapter 2 says, it is by grace an undeserved gift. By grace you have been saved through faith. And this, not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works, so that nobody can boast. Through the cross of Jesus, we who are guilty have been declared innocent. We who were condemned have been declared righteous. We who were lost have been found. And we who were far away have been brought right into the family of God. This is God's amazing grace that we've experienced this morning. It was such an unlikely choice to choose a guy called Levi. And yet did you notice how Levi responded? Without hesitation, he accepted the invitation. Levi got up, left everything and followed him. 
It was an uncompromising response to Jesus' call. He repented of living his life selfishly, centered around his own needs and wants. He turned away from his life of dishonesty and greed and cruelty and he gave his life 100% to Jesus. And from that moment on, Levi's life was transformed. No longer a thief. And a traitor. Somebody tainted with his actions. But now a disciple of Jesus. A member of God's kingdom. A follower of God's son. A child in God's family. And of course even eventually a gospel writer. Because we know Levi by his other name. More, more common name of Matthew. So this was the guy who wrote the first gospel in our New Testament. And this is the radical transformation that Jesus is looking for in our lives. Later on, Jesus said, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. This is what Jesus is asking us all to do. To make an uncompromising commitment to turn our back on that old way of life and accept Jesus' leadership in every aspect of our lives and allow Him to daily transform our lives more and more to become like Jesus. So the first question I guess we need to ask this morning is have you accepted Jesus' call in your life? Have you left everything? And have you followed Jesus? If not, then you can do it today. Because Jesus is asking you to come follow me. Levi gave his whole life to Jesus. But did you notice what the first recorded act of of Levi as the new follower of Jesus is? Was it to attend a Bible study? Was it to go to the synagogue and work to worship? Was it to just enjoy fellowship with his new Christian family? Well, all these things would have been good to do, but it was not, none of those. Look at verse 29. Levi held a great banquet for Jesus at his house. And a large crowd of tax collectors and others were eating with them. Levi threw a party. First recorded act of Levi as a new follower of Jesus, he threw a party. And he invited all of his old friends along. So leave, leaving everything for Levi didn't mean leaving his house or his money or leaving his ability to enjoy good food or good company and have a nice time together. And it certainly didn't mean rejecting all his old friends or spending time in little Christian huddles away from everybody else who's not a believer. But leaving everything and following Jesus impacted everything he did. Even having a party. Because this was a party like he'd never held before. This time, there was a brand new purpose for Levi. Because this time, this was the first party that, that Jesus was there. 
with him. And this was the first time that Levi's goal was to introduce his friends to Jesus, the one who transformed his life. And in doing this, I think Levi teaches us a very simple, general rule of sharing our faith. That we should start where we are. That we should share the message of Jesus with the people that were around. The people who were closest to. When Jesus commissioned the disciples for the mission, he said this, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. They just start in the city where they were. Then they to reach out to their neighbouring areas. Then they to go further. And then they to go out to the wider world. Start where you are. That's also Jesus' call to the man who, was, who, who a whole legion of demons was cast out of. This man wanted to go with Jesus and follow Jesus and stay with Jesus. But Jesus said to him, go home to your family and tell them how much the Lord has done for you. Go home and tell your, your, your wife, your kids, your, 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 your mom, your dad, your cousins. Because they need to hear. Sometimes this can be the most difficult place to share our faith. This is sometimes the place where people can be offended at us because we talk and talk about Jesus. It actually was the same for Jesus. Do you remember when Jesus went to Nazareth, his hometown? His ex-neighbours were offended by him, by his wisdom and by his power. And in response, Jesus said this, only in his hometown, among his relatives, and in his own house, is a prophet without honour. It's hard sharing your faith at home. It's hard telling your family about Jesus. And yet, that's where God has placed us. And that's where he's called us to be a living witness. And it's also where we can often be the most effective. As we just daily live our lives as salt and light in our families, in our neighbourhoods, in our schools, in our colleges, in our workplaces, and let people see Jesus lived out in our lives. Way back when I was in university, I was often frustrated about my, the, just the fact that I wasn't involved in sharing my faith. I wasn't involved in evangelism. I, wasn't, I was very a, a backward person that I've told everybody else, but nobody believes me, that I, I just wasn't somebody who would stand up in front of people and talk to people. So I always felt I could never share my faith. I could never be involved in evangelism. But what I often failed to realise was that every day God was placing me in a ready-made mission field, surrounded by people in the lab where I worked, speaking to people who never, ever would go to church. Never ever would meet, uh, would listen to a preacher or listen to some Bible uh, reading or, or read their Bible. I was the only opportunity for them to hear the gospel. And I thought that I wasn't involved in evangelism, but every day I was called to be a living witness to the people around. So we need to start where we are. Be salt and light wherever God has placed us. Whatever family, whatever community, whatever neighbourhood, 
whatever workplace. But Levi didn't only illustrate where we should start. He also illustrated how we should start. By reaching out in friendship. Because Levi, as a new follower of Jesus, he didn't rush out to his old friends to point the finger and condemn them for all the things they were doing wrong. I don't think that would have worked very well. Instead, he invited them to his home. And he held a great banquet for them. He expressed real, genuine love to them. Treating them with respect, with love, with care. And in doing this, he built bridges to them rather than raised barriers between them. That's what Jesus did throughout his ministry. Jesus is called Emmanuel, which means God with us. God with us. He came close to us to make his dwelling among us. And throughout his three years of ministry, he took time to reach out in friendship to the people around him. Remember how he met with Nicodemus at night? Because this respected Bible teacher was embarrassed and ashamed to actually meet up with Jesus during the day. He invited himself to Zacchaeus' home, another tax collector, despite the gasps from everywhere else around. He had dinner with Simon the Pharisee, despite the fact that he got such a cold welcome to his house. He spoke to the woman at the well of Sychar, despite all of the the racial, religious and political and moral barriers that should have stopped those two people from talking together. And of course he rebuked the disciples when they thought that Jesus was too important to spend time with kids and welcome them and bless them on his knee. Evangelism, according to Jesus, is not shouting at people from a distance. It's about getting close to them. To be salt of the earth, for salt to have an impact, it needs to come into contact with that food. And for us to be effective in this world, we need to come into contact with people. We need to get close to them. Because we care about them. And we long to introduce them to Jesus. But of course, some people think that godly living, serving God means you keep away from sinners. They believe if you're really committed to God, you keep away from everybody who's not. That's what the Pharisees taught. They thought that pleasing God was meticulously following all the rules and regulations in the law and keeping well away from everybody who didn't keep those rules. So when they saw Jesus at this banquet, meeting with all the tax collectors and sinners, they were outraged. They complained to the disciples, why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? How could people be declaring the kingdom of God and spending time with people who were like traitors, like Levi and his his tax collecting buddies? I think sadly sometimes the churches are more in common with the Pharisees than they do with Jesus in this issue. The church has often been seen as people who had, who were out there to condemn sinners rather than to be like Jesus who was called a friend of tax collectors and sinners. But Jesus wasn't put off by the criticism of the Pharisees. 
He wasn't ashamed to be seen near to the, the tax collectors and the sinners. He didn't condone their behavior. He didn't condone their, their rejection of God's word or their betrayal of God's people. But he knew that this is why he why he'd come. Jesus said, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. Nobody goes to the doctor unless they're sick. Especially when they have to pay 50 euros for the privilege. Eh? So when we go to the doctor's surgery and we have to sit in that waiting room and wait and wait and wait, often, we're not shocked that the waiting room is full of sick people, are we? We don't say, that's ridiculous. This doctor's hanging around with sick people. Some doctor him. Do we? We realise that that's, that's their job. That's what they're there for. They're there to treat the sick. In the same way, it's crazy to criticise Jesus for hanging around sinners. Because that's why he came. He said, I've not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Our church should have a, a sign across its door. Righteous people not, not needed to come in here. Only sinners welcome. Because that's what Jesus came for. Jesus didn't come to call righteous people into his kingdom. He didn't come to reward good, virtuous, morally blameless people and reward them with, 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 with what they deserve. Instead, Jesus came for sinners. People who had messed up. People who'd fallen short of God's standards. People who'd rebelled against God and broken God's rules. And he called them to repent of their sin and put their faith in Jesus and receive forgiveness. Paul writes to Timothy, Christ Jesus came into this world to save sinners. This was great news for Levi and his tax-collecting buddies. But actually it was great news for the Pharisees and the teachers of the law too. Because they were sinners as well. The only real difference between the tax collectors and the Pharisees was one knew they were sinners and the other didn't. That was the main difference. So Jesus was willing to get close to and spend time with and befriend all sorts of people. That was his mission. That's what he was committed to fulfilling. And so in hosting this banquet with all of his old tax collecting buddies, Levi was following Jesus. He was following the example of his Lord. And Jesus, as Jesus had graciously accepted and befriended him, even although he was a messed up sinner, so Levi was befriending and reaching out to his friends and reaching out to them in grace. And we are called to do the same. We are not called to hide away from this world in little, little Christian huddles. Nor are we called to stand on the fringes of our society and shout words of condemnation at others. Neither are we just called to be like everyone else and just fit in with the world. This is not an excuse for us as Christians to just keep living our old life 
and hang out in the same old places that we always did. Trusting in Jesus really is a radical commitment to leave everything and to follow him. But rather, this is a call for us to be in the world, but not to be like the world. We're called to get close to others, to build bridges of real, genuine friendship and love, and to seek to introduce them to the one who loved them and who gave themselves for them. Years ago, a guy called C.T. Studd, who was a, a very wealthy Englishman and famous cricketer, eh, and then he gave it all up to be a, a, a missionary in China, I think it was. This is what he wrote. Some want to live within the sound of church or chapel bell. I want to run a rescue shop within a yard of hell. As Christians, we we need to reject this temptation just to hang out with other Christians and live in a little Christian bubble and let the world go to hell. Instead, we need to be willing, like Levi was, like Jesus was, to reach out into our communities, to reach out into our families, to reach out into our workplaces, to get alongside hurting people, to express real, genuine love and care to them, and seek to introduce them to our Lord and our Saviour, the one who forgave our sins and brought us into this wonderful relationship with God, because we desperately want them to experience that as well.